Hi, this is Rob Wiltsey, founder of Schoolshine. We make custom, professional-quality videos for school districts. We want to make sure your district has the very best video content possible and the best content strategy so you can get the most out of your videos. So check out some samples at schoolshine.org and schedule a call with us today to learn how you can take your videos to the next level. That's schoolshine.org. Do you wish that creating and sending email newsletters took less time and effort? Would you like more parents to tune in and read your district's newsletter? If so, try MarketVolt, the email newsletter platform tailored for districts like yours. With MarketVolt, it's simple to create newsletters that parents will read. MarketVolt automatically customizes your newsletter to match each parent's interest. With MarketVolt, you can create better newsletters with less headache and less hassle. Visit betterk12newsletter.com to learn what MarketVolt can do for you. That's betterk12newsletter.com, powered by MarketVolt. Hey there, PR experts. Blackboard here. School PR is about telling the story of your students, your teachers, and your school community. From websites and mass notifications to mobile presence and classroom engagement, Blackboard has the tools that you need. And whether you're a one-person shop or part of a bigger communication team, we can help you reach more people more effectively in less time. Thank you for all the work you do in improving education and helping students succeed. And thanks for letting us be a part of it. Now, back to the podcast. Advocating for public education, sharing our stories, and celebrating our schools, students, teachers, and staff. From crisis communications to media relations, social media, and everything in between, we're here to give you the best strategies, tools, and techniques to help educators help our kids. Welcome to the School PR Podcast, brought to you by Blackboard, Schoolshine, and Market Bolt. Here's your host, Ryan Ferran. And welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Episode 40 and a very special guest today. We are thrilled, delighted to have the Deputy Superintendent of Communications and Marketing for the California Department of Education, also the President of the California School Public Relations Association, Kendra Britt, in person in Arcadia. Kendra, it is amazing to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's amazing to be here in the nicest district office I've ever been in. Thank you. We're so thrilled you're here. So you're in town. You're um, Obviously, you work with the State Superintendent of Public Instruction, Tony Thurman. We were at Disney a couple days ago. One of our schools was honored for a California Distinguished Award. Congratulations, Holly Avenue Elementary School. We also had a Blue Ribbon School uh, this year, Longley Way Elementary School. Such a great event. You guys did an amazing job down at Disney honoring all the California Distinguished Schools this year. So I know you guys are in town in Southern California for that. I guess we start there. What a great event to publicize the amazing work throughout California for public education that these schools are doing. Yes, it was quite an event. I, it's my first time um, attending that and just seeing you know over 2,000 attendees there it's quite a sight to see that many people, but also just such a wonderful way to celebrate all the accomplishments of our schools. Our state superintendent stood on stage for hours, shook everybody's hand. Uh, people got to come in and, and take a photo with him and Mickey and Minnie, and then we had a great awards banquet that evening. And I just remember looking around the room and I couldn't believe how many people were in that building 
all from the educational world, all celebrating wonderful accomplishments. So it was, it was really nice to be a part of that. And then we went right into the next day. Our team is putting on um, day two right now of the first ever Innovating for Equity Summit for all the Title one, two, three, all the program, the federal programs. So a lot of great learning, a lot of CDE staff presenting yesterday and today and kind of leading that. Um, that uh, summit now that's still still going on but a lot of big work for cde a lot of staff down this way right now uh, it's been an exciting couple days out in southern california you guys are always so busy what is kind of i guess the goals and what you, what are you guys working on now at the state level and to help support public education you guys do so much and we're appreciative of the work you guys do because i think um, there's a lot of energy now with public education in our state and people are um, really seeing the the good and i know when actually right after Tony first got elected, he was kind enough to come down and maybe probably a little bit of your influence pulling his arm to the Calsper conference in Santa Rosa. And he just spoke glowingly of the role of communications and people like that. So we got to meet him a little bit and hear him speak. And he just has such great energy, amazing ideas. He's innovative and really wants to help um, all students throughout the state. Um, and that's a big, that's a big title, that's a big job. What are some of those things that you guys are working on to continue to support public education in California? Great question. Yeah, Tony's wonderful. It's it's amazing to be on his team and even more amazing to have an important seat at, at, at his table um, coming from the comms profession. I, I don't really have to fight for my seat at the table. It is, it is um, something that he initiates and respects and sees the value. So it's wonderful and I hope that helps others who are maybe fighting for, for their seat at the table, whether it's cabinet or even just to have a position in the district to have the you know highest state education agency view comms in that way, um, I think helps us all. So I'm, I'm very thankful and grateful for the position I'm in and the support that I get from Superintendent Thurman. This is year two of his four-year term He's an elected statewide constitutional officer. There's eight of them in the state. The governor is, is one of those. So um, a statewide elected, it, it's, it's a fascinating job. He, he has so much he wants to do and wants to make change and um, systemic changes and things that are gonna be hard but are so necessary. You know, We talk about things right now. We have a chronic absenteeism issue across the state. And uh, you know, you hear the the you know closing the achievement gap and all the different things that we're tackling. You know, improving test scores. These aren't easy feats, and so we're we're working with educators across the entire state. Last year, right off the um, right out the gate, Superintendent Thurman convened 13 work groups of over a thousand people from the field. So teachers, administrators, educators, nonprofit partners, advocates to figure out what it is um, that we need to do and what, what can we do to change change some of these things that we're, we're dealing with, that our districts are dealing with, our boots on the ground. And we needed to hear it from those folks directly. And what's amazing is we, we did a year of that. We did you know some short-term goals, long-term goals. And then um, what, what most people might not know is we took the work from those 13 work groups and we created an education proposal that we sent to the governor's office in, um, in fall. Uh, of 2019 to help influence what budget uh, was going to be coming out in January. And when we heard the budget get announced, we were pleased to see that a lot of what we asked for is in that budget. And that's thanks to the, you know, again, over a thousand educators that came in and helped us 
understand the needs and how we can help serve those. And so I think just having that perspective and instead of just decisions being made in Sacramento on your behalf, we're listening to the people who this would actually directly impact and um, and get their input. So that that was wonderful. Some of the highlights from the budget we looked at were community schools, which really has that whole child, whole family approach, those wraparound services. And um, we saw nearly a billion dollars um, be allocated for professional learning. That helps us with teacher retention and teacher recruitment efforts. It's, you know, no surprise to, to many that know that we have a teacher shortage in the state, but also we have teachers who are, are nearing burnout because of the pressures put on them. They are the school counselors, the psychologists, the nurses, in addition to the teachers if they aren't being supported with those other positions. So being able to put some efforts there, you know, we've got big plans to diversify the teacher workforce, so part of that will go in there and, and getting more teachers of color um, into our schools. Students do better when they see teachers that look like them and our schools are diverse. California is a very diverse state. We saw more support for special education. We know special education costs are um, are are hard for our districts to, to, uh, to tackle and so we're hoping that that will help and I, I think just for me my aha moment this year for special education is you know through IDEA we're supposed to be funded at 40% at the national level, we're actually being funded at 12% and California specifically is being funded at 8%. Jeez. So we are grossly underfunded in special ed. That is no surprise to anybody who's who's handling this. And yet we have over 800, about 800,000 students with disabilities in the state. So um, these are some of the you know financial issues that our, our districts are facing. So we hear you and, and, and again, those work groups helped us really understand. And so it was nice to see the governor support those efforts and, and to help with that. Um, you know, Superintendent Thurman's really big on closing the achievement gap, but it's easier said than done. What does that actually look like? There's been an achievement gap for decades, so you know, what can we do? We have a chronic absenteeism problem. I, I recently heard a study that showed an alarming rate of chronic absenteeism happening at the kindergarten level. Can you remember being back in kindergarten? Yeah. Like so much structure and, and rules and you know, you line up at the door and you mm -hmm. push your chair in and all the things that kind of set the tone for the rest of your, your public education. And can you imagine that right off the bat, you're missing so much school that becomes your norm. That's what you think is, is you know, how it's supposed to be. And so if you think our chronic scores are low, think about when those kids who are in kindergarten who are chronically absent now are chronically absent next year in first grade and second grade. and you know, if kids aren't in their seats, they're not learning. And so um, it's a it's an alarming, you know, issue we're looking at. He just announced actually at Monday night, um, we've known about it for a while, but really kind of got it out there about a statewide literacy program. We received um, almost $40 million of federal money to put towards literacy. We have a huge benchmark with third grade reading levels that if students aren't reading at a certain level, um, history and research shows that you know graduation rates go down um, and other you know other statistics that aren't favorable um, kind of surround that so we're, we're pushing out a big statewide literacy we're also working on um, a statewide implicit bias training and um, we see I, I know back home in uh, Nevada County where I'm from there was a recent uh, issue where uh, you know a basketball game happened and the um, 
one of the teams, the coach is, is African-American, and when he came out after the game, his his car had been vandalized and there had been horrible things written. Jeez. And it, it's just, I can't even believe we live in this day and age where this is still happening. So working on that. And uh, so we, we've got a few things <laughs> we're working on. Sorry, that was a lot. You that, have one question, right? That was it? That's it. All right, Kendra, <laughs> thanks for coming. No, it, 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 it is a lot because there's so many issues with California. I, I thought of like, 80 follow-up questions within that, but I'm glad you brought up special education and specifically the budget because I think what California public education does so well is that we educate all students no matter what their disability, mental disability, physical disability, and that is what I don't know that everyone realizes that. We accept all kids, every kid, no matter what they look like, what issues they may have, and that's something that should be applauded by what you guys are doing in Sacramento and for California public education is it's not easy to do that and it's expensive but we absolutely do it because it's the right thing it costs money so there's issues with that but I think a that's amazing that uh, we're doing such a good job in California of that supporting special education seeing the increases in the budget for that because that's amazing we take all kids in our classrooms here in California in public education and that um, is very admirable and I love that you guys are doing that. I think everyone's appreciative of the budget being increased this year and the governor's mm -hmm. budget and what uh, uh, Tony has done with the influence saying he, here's the priorities and the needs is amazing. Mm -hmm. California, as you know, is still very low in the nation for per pupil, per student funding, mm -hmm. you know, comparatively. Some have us bottom five, easily in the bottom 10. Where are we with where we want to get to go? What are some of the goals as far as getting funding and education in California where it needs to be? If Tony Thurman had his way, we'd be number one. So he, he's working on that. You know, sometimes we say 41st, sometimes we say 39th. It depends on, mm -hmm. um, on what you're factoring in. But, but either way you look at it, that's really low. And we're the fifth largest economy in the world, and yet we're not putting our money where our students are and we need to show them that we support them and that we do want them to succeed and, and get them ready for the workforce and um, and we need to do that by putting money you know in, in resources that support them and allow them to you know try out steam programs or have access to steam you know uh, tony loves talking about steam as a great equalizer because if you look at you know the governor talked about in his budget there's 23 districts they looked at that have high African-American um, student populations where they wanna throw some targeted efforts to help close the achievement gap. But there's, a, there's an interesting dynamic that if we focus too much on, on you know, just those students, what about everybody else? And so I love when, when Superintendent Thurman talks about STEAM being the great equalizer because STEAM for students who are very academically successful, um, there's always room to grow and be challenged in STEAM fields and, and computer science and you know, getting students prepared for jobs of tomorrow um, and then the students who don't actually have you know access and there's the equity issues steam is still that equalizer where if if those opportunities become available for them there's room for them to grow maybe find a career they're passionate about jump in a pathway that they can start in middle school carry out through their high school and get them ready for college or career so 
big efforts to push, you know, STEAM programs. Um, and again, you talked about the special ed. It's, it's, you know, we want to educate all students in an equitable way. So um, we don't want funding to be a reason why students don't have access to things, and we don't want their socioeconomic background to be a reason or their, you know, disability to be a reason why they don't have access. So, you know, it's a big, it's a big thing to put on, you know, um, put on his shoulders, but. But he, he does. He wants he wants equitable education for all, truly for all students. And it's it's an honor to work for him and to carry out this work. And we have a lot to do. We're already in year two. Year one, we got hit right off the bat with, you know, a couple couple big strikes. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've had, you know, the residual from from big wildfires. And and then, you know, we hit the new PSPS, which was, you know, a surprise for all and, and something that we have to now navigate. So. Um, you know, those little things will come up, but really we want to focus on these big picture items and just have this opportunity to try to, you know, move the needle and, and help all students succeed in, uh, in our state. And I love that you mentioned the students with disabilities. We're lucky at a time where we have a governor who believes in education and supports it. Um, highest, you know, budget for K-12 education ever this year. Last year we said that, and so we're, you know, we got more money this year, so that's great. Um, we have a governor who is, you know, has, has openly discussed that he's, you know, has a disability. And so it, it helps when you have somebody who, who knows what resources and support can do. If, if we can help support somebody with a disability and they can become governor of California, what does that say for, you know, the, the opportunity that lies there and that we could, we could do this for all students? What can people listening do to help with how should they advocate for more funding and education? What can they do in their districts? And what can people do to help the cause? We all want more funding. We all want to support our students and staff. What would you recommend for people to do to help with that? You know, it's um, it's legislative season right now, so bills are coming out. So just being um, educated on what bills are, are getting pushed through and if if it speaks to you and it's it's something that would help, you know, please speak to your local legislators, your assembly members, your your senators, and, and let them know that you want them to support these when they have, you know, the opportunity to vote on them back in Sacramento. Um, you know, keeping an eye on those. I know there's the big Prop 13 and there's so much misinformation out there about Prop 13. So getting educated on that and what that will do. You know, these these school bonds that, you know, some of these districts throughout the state are trying to get through, support your local schools. If they want to improve facilities, you know, help them. Some of these are antiquated facilities that need major updates. It's not to be, you know, have fancy facilities. It's to have modern, modernized facilities and to, you know, update asbestos and mold, you know, riddled facilities (laughs) that just, you know, it's like this is what we want to provide the best possible learning environment for our students. So, um, you know, if, if there's a local school bond measure, you know, get educated, but but support them. They're, they're trying to do great things and provide learning environments that allow their students to thrive. One thing you mentioned earlier, which I want to touch on, and just your where you are in your amazing career, you talked about fighting for your seat at the table. And it was <clears throat> kind of noted that when Superintendent Thurman hired you that your title is Deputy Superintendent of Communications and Marketing. How did you get from where you started out in school PR, you're also the president of CalSPRA, we'll talk about the conference in a moment, but to being at the state capitol, working with the state superintendent, 
to being yourself the Deputy Superintendent of Communications for the California Department of Education. That is a heck of a path, <laughs> an amazing accomplishment. You Thank clearly you. fought for your seat at the table and earned it. Um, it's just an inspiring story. So how did you get from where you are now to where you started? Um, how did that all take place? What could stunning professional quality videos do for your school district's PR and communications? Find out how SchoolShine's professional video team can partner with your district at schoolshine.org. This podcast is also brought to you by MarketVolt Email Newsletter Solutions, providing industry-leading email newsletter solutions that better connect over 800,000 parents, staff, and community members with their school districts. Learn more about MarketVolt at betterk12newsletter.com. Blackboard believes in the power of good communication in helping students succeed and is a proud sponsor of School PR with Ryan Ferran. Blackboard, education's partner in change. Yeah, I don't know. I blinked and it kind of <laughs> happened. Thank you. Um, probably, obviously, a little bit of luck and a little bit of timing and, and being in the right place at the right time. I, I will say I joined CalSPRA about, I'd say about seven years ago, and I was new to my job at the County Office of Ed. I had come right out of the classroom. I was actually a teacher. I taught CTE, and the County Office was looking for somebody to run marketing. It was, you know, and social media was really kind of getting big, and they, they acknowledged that they needed somebody to kind of run their Facebook. You know, that's kind mm. of what they, oh, I need yeah. somebody to run my Facebook, <laughs> my social media pages. So my title was, um, uh, Oh gosh, it was so long. It was like social media, events, marketing, and communications. It was the longest title ever. <laughs> but it was basically like when you called the county office and someone goes, oh, I don't know who does that. It became my job. And so um, so I joined CalSPAR because I thought, well, I don't really have a communications background. I, I don't know what I'm doing and I need help and I'm a one-man shop. And I jumped, you know, I'd like to say I jumped right in. I did not. I kind of was that person at the first couple of conferences I sat in the back and I, I just kind of took it in. And Wait, I, what? That's breaking news. That's I know. So not Kendra Britt that I know. we know and love. <laughs> People probably don't know I've been involved in CalSPR as long as I have because I probably took a year or two where I just, you know, because you're not confident, you, you don't, mm. you don't know, you know, so you don't want to be that person coming forward and raising your hand. And so I kind of just sat back and kind of took it in. And then I remember I walked up to the board members at, um, at the Disneyland uh, conference a couple years ago, and I, I. I, I respectfully told them that they needed help with their program because it was hard to follow and, and it was never printed well and they were blurry it. and I just thought, you know, instead of just complaining about it, I said yeah. I, I'd, I'd offer to do it and so if it was helpful and so that's kind of how I, I got more involved and then I became uh, an extended board member and then I ended up getting on the board but, um, but all through that, you know, I benefited greatly from my growing tribe of, of school PR people and the listserv, my goodness, saved me multiple times and really just helped develop who I have become as a communications person. I mean, any part of my job that's communications related, I owe to the to the, the school of CalSPRA, the degree I got from CalSPRA. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, right place, right time, I was put out um, on loan to Butte County after the campfire to help with communications and crisis response and for um, Paradise Unified School District specifically. And I remember we reopened schools. We called it the second first day of school. We'll give credit to Tom DeLapp for that one. But um, we opened schools on December 3rd 
and I it was my job to to get the newly crowned state superintendent Tony Thurmond uh, arranged to come up and visit schools and what was interesting and this says a lot about him is he didn't want anybody to know he was coming and when he got there he didn't want to tour he wanted to go immediately behind the lunch line well it was breakfast I'm sorry um, and serve kids he wanted to go help and just be with the staff and roll up his sleeves and, and give kids breakfast before school on that first day back. And then and, and then he walked around and shook hands and met people and stuff. But, you know, I just thought it was very humbling, you know, to see him just want to get in there and just kind of keep a low profile. And um, and so that's the first day I met Tony Thurmond. And, and then, uh, you know, we... The rest is kind of like a weird blur of just that, you know, I told him I was, you know, president-elect of Calisper. If he needed any help in the communications world, I'd be happy to connect him, you know, keep in touch. I'm so excited he he won the race. And and then eventually I got, you know, well, you know, would you be interested in coming to be my communications director? And so I was director of communications um, until officially July 1 of last year when I was on. I am on his executive team, uh, similar to cabinet. Um, and he saw deputy superintendent. He took it upon himself. He saw an inequity there that I was at the same table as deputies, but I was a director of communications. So he took it upon himself. You know, and, and our position, any any title changes, like I'm an exempt employee. Um, and what that means is that anything, you know, I'm appointed. The governor has to approve it. They have to approve the title. They have to approve the appointment. And so there, there aren't deputy superintendents of communications, and and so it was, it was a very bold move on his part, but it spoke volumes to me that um, comms has a very important seat at that table, and that equity is important even at that level, and and even around the table where we're discussing and, and working, and and so I was honored and um, grateful for that. I was shocked, and um, and I was actually having a hard time kind of saying my title to people because I felt like, I don't know, I just was trying not to be, like, to sound like I was bragging about it. But then I realized I wasn't doing, you know, any service to people in the field who might be fighting for this job. So um, that it's actually helpful to see that the statewide agency, you know, highest for education in the state is is acknowledging communications at that level and that that actually could be helpful for people. So, so I'm getting better at proudly stating deputy superintendent of communications but i am i am always honored and grateful um, that that was acknowledged so well the fact that you earned that title and your position and you got that has done just such a great job and advanced school pr at the state level and just the ability to say that there is now deputy um, assistant superintendent of communications what you've done for the field and getting the seat at the table and making making it an equitable position to compare to everyone else on his executive cabinet is amazing um, so congratulations and thank you for that because it does bring a spotlight to the communications role in obviously education and there's been people you mentioned top of the lap I know yourself and <clears throat> so many people that have been fighting for hiring more communications professionals mm -hmm. in education so we can share our stories, let everyone know why public education is so powerful, how we educate all students, including special education students, um, sharing our stories so when we need to go out for partial tax, bond measures, and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff, we get public support so they understand the importance of it. 
but I just think that's amazing that you did that. Congratulations, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> um, and then there's always the question that we talk about, you know, we say fighting for your seat at the table. Um, and so you mentioned it too earlier, whether it's, you know, trying to get on cabinet or on the executive team and getting the communications person in that, at that table, in that role, and there's always, it comes up at our conferences all the time, like, how do I do that? Like, I'm not mm -hmm. on the cabinet right now, but I want to be in there. I want to help them more. What is your advice for people to do that? Um, and how do they kind of prove that they should be in the room? They should be on cabinet and they should, you know, not just send out the communication afterward, but be a part of the process and mm -hmm. help the superintendent work through the potential issues and all that. What do you say to people that they, they want to see at the table too? What should they do? I think it starts with, I mean, you got to be your own advocate. I know that's not always an easy thing to do. So I think that's where the CASPER board could come in and help if anybody needs, you know, some coaching or some, some encouragement to advocate for yourself. It depends on what your superintendent's views of communications are. If you have a superintendent that's all in for communications, that's probably going to be an easier conversation. If it's one that's still kind of trying to see the value, um, you know, it might be a little bit more difficult. You might need to go in and prove yourself for a little bit. But I think if you are a communications person on a district or county office team, somebody already believes in the role. And so the advocacy might not be as hard as you think, but certainly our board would be happy to, to help you advocate for that. And what I'd love to, to do is plug a little bit of the value we have on the CALSPER board right now. We have two superintendents chairs on our CALSPER board. We have one from a county office and one from a district office, both firm, solid supporters of the communications role. And what I think is valuable is that if, if we asked any, either of them to, to call your superintendent and, and help advocate on your behalf, I'm sure they would do it because they know the value and they've benefited greatly. The district, the community, the stakeholders have benefited greatly from the roles of, of their respective communications folks. So Ryan, you're definitely one of those with, with your wonderful superintendent. And then we've got Ed Monansella, who uh, was just recently the pr uh, president of CSESA and, uh, and, and takes in that county office um, uh, lens. So I, I would recommend that because we're so thankful to have them on the board and I think they are great advocates. And that's more of like a colleague to colleague thing if, if you feel like your superintendent really needs to hear it directly from another superintendent. Mm -hmm. But those are a couple of things that, you know, that we, we'd be happy to help with and that's, that's something that CalSPR would be great, a great resource, happy to help in that regard. And one thing I try and tell people too is you, it, it's a position that is, you have to earn it sometimes. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, the superintendent's not day one going to open the door and say, right. you're, you're on my executive team. Right. And sometimes that's hard for colleagues and people trying to get there to hear. But understanding their lens is they've been in education for most times 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And they've worked their tail off to get there. Yeah. So to just let somebody in, if you're a new position, first time, just let them in you know, on the very inside of it, it, it takes a while to earn the trust. And mm -hmm. so I'll tell people, look, you, you have to earn it. Mm -hmm. So you have to demonstrate your value in ways of like appropriately saying, have you thought about this? And even if you're not in the room, go back and say like, here's some things to expect. And mm -hmm. so it, it takes a level of, you know, don't just expect the door right. to be open and you sit at that table. You yeah. kind of have to prove your worth and, you know. Add value. Yeah, exactly. Add Just like any job, you got to add value to, to move up um, in it. 
and then the superintendent's executive team and cabinet, it's not uh, always an eight to four o'clock position. So mm -hmm. when something happens after hours, the weekends, like you got to prove to them that you're going to be there with them as well because they're, you know, school bell may ring at three, but you mm -hmm. know, that they're still going. Um, so also understanding their position and they work their entire career to get to a superintendency mm -hmm. and to be in that room you have to be trusted and there's conversations mm -hmm. that you need to understand the sensitivity of them and all of that so that is kind of sometimes i'll suggest that you gotta kind of understand their perspective as well and it's not just let me in the room because i want to be in the room it's yeah. you know they have a career at stake and all of that too so it's kind of earn it's the onus is a little bit on the people too to earn that prove it and there's a lot of ways to do that um, but it's a, yeah. it's a, such an important role and we're seeing more and more school districts hire for the first time mm -hmm. school communications folks and mm -hmm. more people are on cabinets and executive teams um, and all of that so it is ex exciting to see and I love your advice and Dr. Van Alstal would obviously always be willing to talk to people he was just when you met with them earlier he was talking about the listserv Mm -hmm. and the wonders it does for him as a superintendent, seeing some of the issues come through the state, the resources he gets, mm -hmm. um, sometimes before it comes to Arcadia. Calspra conference, oh my goodness, it seems like we were there yesterday. It's coming up March 12th, Newport Beach, calspra.org to register. What can we expect for this amazing, amazing collaboration? You know, this is a different year for me, so I'm president now. When you're president-elect, <laughs> you put the whole thing on. So if you, I think if you remember, we did a podcast about a year ago talking yes. about the uh, the conference. But um, our, our colleague Jennifer Dorico is, is the one spearheading this whole thing. And I'm really excited about the keynotes. We've got some really great people lined up. She's going to start releasing that information soon. Um, I do know that maybe this is breaking news and maybe I'll get in trouble for yes, saying it, but that I, I do news, believe please. that State Superintendent Tony Thurman is, has been requested to come back yes. by popular demand. And one of the things we talked about is how we can talk, is, is how we can, you know, kind of almost co-present and show the value of even at that level, the superintendent and the comms person together. I know you and your superintendent have presented together and, and will continue at conferences. And so, um, you know, why not model that behavior? So, you know, and talking about the value, um, like what you were just talking about, the time you put in and the value you add, I think um, Superintendent Thurman would be willing to talk about that. And I think it would hopefully provide some inspiration for those that are, are trying to get a seat at that table. But you'll, you'll hear from the top chief the importance of communications directly and so I'm excited about that um, I didn't think you know people would want him back and everyone was like are you kidding me we love him he's so charismatic it's great to hear from him he's in year two before your term so you know maybe we'll get him back at least another time and just you know this guy's gonna move mountains and and we're all gonna benefit from it so it's it's great that we get to spend some time with him but um, Jennifer Dorico has done some incredible programming. Um, I know that's getting worked out right now. We've got some wonderful submissions. We heard from our members of what they want, you know, presented to them. So we're looking forward to a wonderful, beautiful location in Newport Beach. And as always, an inspiring and energizing couple of days. It's just, that's the tribe, you know, the people who know what you do and they know what you're going through. They're in the trenches with you. They're just in a different trench in a different, you know, town or city or mm -hmm. county or wherever they are. And, and those are the people that get what you do. And so it's always nice to just 
decompress and debrief with others. You know, you kind of do that in between sessions and afterwards, and then, you know, you learn all day and, and then get inspired by keynotes, and you just always go back after Casper, just ready to add, you know, new things. Um, you learn skills, you know, interactive, all sorts of great tools. Um, and then you come back with with a new network too. People that you see on the list, sir, but now you know their face to their name and now you've made that connection with them. And so um, it's wonderful. I look forward to it every year. And so I can't wait to see everybody. I can't believe it's already that time of year again, but yeah, we'll see everybody in just less than a month. So um, it's not too late to register, um, but we're getting down to the wire. So you're gonna wanna get that done pretty soon. You've never been happier to not planning a conference ever <laughs> i know so glad not to do it i know we're i'm so appreciative of the work you guys have done as an executive board for calisper i gotta tell you you know we all go to different conferences and stuff but the the fact that you guys have put us in a position to keep the cost so affordable for people yeah you look at the hotel rooms the conference registration the awards by the way if you're if you th think there's a cheaper more distinguished award out there please let me know because i don't think it exists <laughs> but for forty dollars you could get into the awards program submit something if you look at other conferences it's like quadruple six mm -hmm. times what it is um so the the fact that you guys have managed the calisper budget so well and what you give back and the conference includes like so many free lunches with it and all that stuff it is such a good value and as you mentioned, it is very cathartic for us school PR people. It's probably the only conference we go to where we're sitting in with our, you know, direct colleagues. And like you, I would, you know, I was so lost when I first got into school PR. I came from journalism and school PR. I love it, but it, it's a different world. And without CalSpring going to those mm -hmm. conferences and being able to talk to people um, and sit in those sessions and absorb it and learn the language and the laws and um, board policies of, um, <laughs> and the ed code of, of schools, I just would have been lost. Um, so it's just such a great resource. And the CalSPR membership is also unbelievably affordable. Yeah. Um, it's a nonprofit, nobody's trying to make money, they're just trying to help advocate for public education in our state. So yeah. it's an amazing conference. If you've never been, you have anything to do with school PR or any kind of public relations, you'll get so much out of it. Um, I was at a conference at the same location last year for Capio at that hotel in that area, and it's just perfect mm -hmm. for a conference. I know Calisper will be great. Superintendent Thurman, I was one of those ones who suggested we bring him back <laughs> if we can. He's such a dynamic speaker. Not only what he's doing for public education, but his story is remarkable too. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that you guys are presenting together possibly would be amazing. Dr. Manalstal and I are also, if we get accepted, have a, uh, proposal for a session as well. Um, and I know Newport Mesa superintendent will be there. So we'll have a few more superintendents. There's a couple of county superintendents yeah, coming. So it's wonderful. And uh, if I could just give a quick plug to yes. our sponsors, um, only because we get to keep the cost down for several reasons, but one of the biggest ones is the support we get, especially our reoccurring sponsors who come back every year. But there's so much value to get in with the communications you know, folks that their products and services align with that but they help us keep those costs down. So, um, so we're really excited that we still have that continued support. We have, you know, the highest sponsorship levels ever. We also have the highest membership, you know, in Calsper history right now. So we are in a really great, you know, really good shape and a really great space to be um, coming into this conference. So thank you to everybody who supports Calsper and supports our sponsors um, as well. The other cool thing that you guys did is you extend 
you extended the regional boards so there's now more regional chairs and what that allows is more smaller regional conferences mm -hmm. so more opportunities for people if you can't get to the big conference um, you're at one end of the state and it's a little more difficult for you there's still all these regional conferences that people are putting on I went to a few recently um, I know San Diego had one Brea Olinda mm -hmm. Nicole had one in her region not too far from here um, so those opportunities too and those are also unbelievably cheap compared to other regionals and conferences so it's just great uh, calspro.org to sign up for the conference and just to join I think it's only $150 a year to get on the mm -hmm. listserv we send you templates if you're dealing with hey I have this crisis going on has anyone dealt with it you'll get five emails back within 20 minutes of yes here's what we sent and it's just so helpful Anything else, Kendra, that we should get to before we wrap up one of the greatest podcasts in the history of podcasts, <laughs> thanks to your presence and you no. being here. No, thank you. I think I, I said probably too much, but I, I would like to give a shout out to Arcadia for hosting me today and, and uh, your superintendent for taking time out of his busy schedule. This is probably the coolest, nicest district office I've ever been. I'm jealous. Now I go back to my, my state office with my unmatching furniture and you know I'll be humbled by that. But um, thank you for both of your you know time out of your busy schedule today. This is an incredible site. So I know Ryan is looking for, for a PIO right now. So yes. He lost his sidekick, which is so exciting. Congratulations to Amber. But um, you know if I was looking for a job in this area, this, is, this would be where I'd want to land. This is an incredible facility and a great team. So just going to give a nice little plug for Arcadia Thank you. today. Yeah. You even got to see the office the new PIO yes, will sit in. I sat Beautiful. in it. I sat in it. I yes. tried it out. So just letting you guys know, it's it's great. This place is an amazing place to work and I, I would I would do it in a heartbeat. So hopefully you get somebody good. We, we have one of those budget problems that um, <laughs> some other districts have where we're one of the lowest funded but we have to go out and advocate to our community. Yeah. Where you mentioned how beautiful our district office is but we had to go past a bond measure to do it. Luckily, we were able to do that. We have a parcel tax. Um, you have students here. Yes, we have students well, you're not downstairs. disconnected. Have to, yeah, there's school. actually students here. That's yeah. such a cool thing to get to go downstairs and, and see learning happening. So this facility is amazing. You guys consider this position if you're if you're you know in any way considering it. I would highly recommend it. We have an amazing board of education. We have amazing teachers and staff. You talked about the teacher shortage. We don't have that because people want to collaborate <laughs> with our teachers. Our superintendent, Dr. Van Alstal, who's, as Kendra talked about, is a Calspra board chair. chair. Yeah. Um, he believes in communications, so it is a great district. But just the people that have come before us in this district, I mean, I you know I don't like to kind of toot our own horn, but it's nothing to do with the current folks, myself or anybody. The people before us in Arcadia have just set the groundwork for just an amazing district. What is possible in public education? We send kids to the Ivy Leagues every year by the dozens, and they also go to PCC and junior colleges. They have pathways, they have lab school downstairs, but it's like, I love the fact that this community and the parent support has figured out, like, this is what we want for public education, we'll support it. Um, so thank you for saying that. It is mm -hmm. a great place to work. We're super fortunate. But this is what, you know, and this is why we have the Arcadia Innovation every sum summer to let people know, like, this is not just an isolation. This is for public education, just like you down mm -hmm. the street. Um, but it is an inspiring place, and I'm lucky to work here. And 
I hope you will consider applying and uh, <laughs> to all those listeners to Arcadia Unified yeah. School District. Kendra, thank you. You are yourself an inspiring story. The oh. Deputy Superintendent of Communications and Marketing <laughs> for the California Department of Education. Your parents got to be thrilled, your family, to hear that title come out. That oh, was amazing. Congrats. So getting used to it. Thank yeah. you for all the work you thank and Tony you. do and everyone at Calspera. Yeah. Uh, amazing stuff. And thank you guys for listening to the School PR Podcast. We'll see you all at Calspera. Don't forget to register calspera.org. We'll see you in Newport Beach. Hi, this is Rob Wiltsey, founder of Schoolshine. We make custom professional quality videos for school districts. We want to make sure your district has the very best video content possible and the best content strategy so you can get the most out of your videos. So check out some samples at schoolshine.org and schedule a call with us today to learn how you can take your videos to the next level. That's schoolshine.org. Do you wish that creating and sending email newsletters took less time and effort? Would you like more parents to tune in and read your district's newsletter? If so, try MarketVolt, the email newsletter platform tailored for districts like yours. With MarketVolt, it's simple to create newsletters that parents will read. MarketVolt automatically customizes your newsletter to match each parent's interest. With MarketVolt, you can create better newsletters with less headache and less hassle. Visit betterk12newsletter.com to learn what MarketVolt can do for you. That's betterk12newsletter.com, powered by MarketVolt. Hey there, PR experts. Blackboard here. School PR is about telling the story of your students, your teachers, and your school community. From websites and mass notifications to mobile presence and classroom engagement, Blackboard has the tools that you need. And whether you're a one-person shop or part of a bigger communication team, we can help you reach more people more effectively in less time. Thank you for all the work you do in improving education and helping students succeed. And thanks for letting us be a part of it.